Hello everyone and welcome back to Dial Femme for Murder. I like that. We should do you do, like it? We should do that every week. Nice. Just have nice. me go back in the background. Yeah. Happy days. Um, well, I I have opened the episode. You have. This is so like, but I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to critique you, but you did miss a bit out. What? Oh, <laughs> true crime podcast for the girls, gays, days, and anyone who wants to bloody listen. <laughs> Wait, we will get, <laughs> we will have a catchphrase soon enough. Don't you worry. Truly, truly. How has your week been, Ryan? <gasps> oh my God, this feels so weird to have you <laughs> ask me. It's been, mm, mm, yeah, it's, it's been... <laughs> It's been um, well, you know. Last week, everyone, you week. know, I convinced myself that I'd caught Cornova on the cruise. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, but I spent the first half half of the week like everything I put in my mouth. A, I meant food. <laughs> um, I would like be like, does this taste like it should taste? Mm, is my sense? Oh, of taste I get something? that though. Or I would be like, I know this sounds like really gross, but I'd be like. <laughs> be constantly like sniffing everything yeah it's like a psychological thing and then you it start is. thinking like oh my god this doesn't taste like normal oh my god you so do it's the british your brain like playing tricks on you but yeah no i don't have cornova thank the lord um no. but no yeah it's been good I, I did um everyone knows i've been driving around in my own little vehicle i did like a proper driving test today so that was that was interesting nice. and fun what that about you is. what about you um i have been well i've been working on my new uh youtube video which is going to be exciting which is all about bohemian grove absolutely um and obviously bohemian grove is well known because of um alex jones and his satanic panic bullshit basically saying that it's where child sacrifices happen anyway so I saw in the news this week yeah. that Alex Jones has been um, found liable to pay the families from Sandy Hook, like the Sandy Hook school shooting, absolute mm-hmm. fucking tragedy. Yeah. Um, and he went on his radio show and said that that it never happened. Yeah, and and it I, was... I, I've seen quite a few of those conspiracy theories that it was all actors and it, you know, oh, never. Oh really... my god, it's horrifying. It's like, it's like, how could you live with yourself putting that out there? Well, Alex... How could you live with yourself? Alex Jones is trash. He is trash. But the good thing is, this week he has been found liable by a judge to pay those families compensation. Good. So he hasn't paid it yet, and there's still, like, a court thing, but he's basically been found liable, so now, like, it goes to, like, the next stage. Oh, he'll, so. ap- he'll appeal. Oh, totally, but it's like, you know, there, there's a thing, like, you know, he'll try and say, like, oh, it's my freedom of speech, freedom of speech, but oh, it's like, God. you don't get freedom from consequences, and that, no, like, exactly. spreading that, I can't even imagine it's how horrible. a family it's member awful. would feel. It's absolutely awful. We've started off on a dark. We have. Well, anyway. we're just going to get darker because you know we we are a show about true crime and murder and conspiracies true. and alien abductions. Maybe I don't know. Um, I guess on a lighter note, well, was it particularly light? I watched something on Netflix this week, which may have been the worst thing I have ever watched in my life. Right. What's it called? Diana the Musical. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's a musical about Princess Diana, right? Oh my it god. Look it looks really bad. Oh my god. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. But believe me when I tell you, 
I loved every fucking minute of it. It's like so bad it's good kind of thing. Well, yeah. You know how one of my favourite movies is Grease 2? Yeah, don't like put Grease 2 in the bad movies category because Sammy will not have that. I know Sammy won't have it, but he and I agree that it's so bad that it's good. True, that is true. Like, honestly, this musical was... It basically, what happened was it was due to be moving to Broadway, but it mm-hmm. got cancelled because of the um, panorama. Right. And um, so basically they filmed it on like a, like the show and they released yeah. it on Netflix and now it's still going to Broadway. I'm not being funny, but after putting it on Netflix, I do not think it should go to Broadway. Really? Broadway? That's a bit... It is so bad. It is prestigious so, for... <laughs> it is so fucking bad, honestly. Like, there is... So basically, in real life, Princess Diana's step-grandmother was Mm -hmm. Barbara Cartland. Yeah. Right? And then, as we've mentioned Barbara Cartland before in the podcast, when Emily Mm -hmm. did a... um, Ghost story. Ghost story. Haunted Barbara Cartland's Cartland's ghost. Anyway. (laughs) And there's sections when Diana, like, talks to Barbara Cartland, but they're, like, dream-like sequences. And the opening of the second act is Barbara Cartland singing about James Hewitt... Right. What, and saying that it's Harry's dad? They're not saying that it's Harry's dad, <laughs> allegedly. They're not saying it's Harry's dad. But he enters shirtless on a horse, rising oh up through God. the... F- it is so unbelievably bad. Wow. And there's a bit where they're at, like, the theatre, watching this, like, opera, and then Diana gets up and starts, pl- like, this rock fucking cello. It is so... I implore every single person listening to this podcast to watch it, because you will regret it, but also you won't. I don't think I will watch it. Mate, it's so bad, you really have to. i tell you one thing I did watch this week, though. What? TikTok lose its mind over the girl who went to uh, visit her boyfriend yeah. at college as a surprise. See, I'm, I'm not going to lie, right? This, I think, this just goes to show, not everyone, present company excluded, mm-hmm. a lot of people on TikTok have no fucking life. Well, okay, and this is the thing as well, and it's like... Okay, fine. Like, I get how it was funny to begin with. It's a bit of, like, a meme or whatever. Oh, is he holding that other... Is the other girl holding his phone? Is he doing, like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But there's, like, real people. And it's gone into the, the... It's gone into the stage of, like, bullying this girl. And every video she puts up, it's like, girl, you need to leave your boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And it's, like, this weird parasocial relationship where, like... You think that you know somebody and their entire relationship from a 15-second video. Now, I'm not saying that that 15-second video, it kind of gives you a bit of a feeling oh, when you're watching it. Oh, come on. It's basically, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's a girl that goes to her boyfriend's college to surprise him. And she walks in and he's sat on a sofa with three other girls. That is it. <laughs> it's but it's, it's, it's not still, dodgy. If you think no. anyone that's... I'm, I'm not being funny, but... No, it's just a guy sat on a sofa with three girls. But then obviously you've got everyone going, "Mm, well, you know, he's cheating on you because he's sat on a sofa with three girls and one of them had his phone and she handed it back. Like, I don't see any susness. I don't, I'm afraid. No, but I think it's this whole thing with TikTok. It's like TikTok absolutely loves conspiracies. Like it's it's the most conspiracy thriving mm. platform I've ever seen. Well, like you said about people thinking they know everything about these person's relationship. It's like, Mm. it's the same as like the Gabby Petito stuff. Mm. Everyone thought they knew absolutely everything about it. Well, uh, and then they analyze every single little bit of the video. Like, oh, 
was this, that, and her hand was positioned this way. She was reading yeah. this book. No, yeah. just fuck off. Like, yeah, it, do you people, know what I mean? People just, don't people read just into get it. way too much too into stuff. And like, there was a conspiracy theory that I saw last night, and mm. I texted this to you, and I texted the video to you, being like, oh my God, because it had me for like literally like 10 seconds. Oh, the Michael somebody, Jackson one. The Michael Jackson yeah, thing yeah. with the guy, the guy that he was friends with, Dave Dave. Dave Dave. And somebody put on TikTok that Dave Dave was actually Michael Jackson. And like in, he disguised himself, and I literally like I watched ten seconds of it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And then I googled it and realised it wasn't true. Also, but like it had me for ten seconds. Also, how fucking ballsy would it be though if it was true? How ballsy CNN? would it be to be like probably one of the most famous musicians ever to, and one of the most controversial to die, and yeah. then disguise yourself as a burn victim and then right. go on CNN, on CNN with Larry King. I know. And I, that I would be so crazy. I sent it to you and I was like, oh my God, this is Michael Jackson. And then I Googled it and <sighs> yeah. I was like, oh, this, this, this is an actual human being who's got like a long history and is mm. documented. But it gets you though. They hook you. It does. They do. They do hook you. I love a conspiracy theory though. I love a conspiracy theory, but I hate a conspiracy theory as well because they literally warp the mind. They, they warp do. the mind. They really And they do. skew like... They skew everything. It's like, okay. I don't know. I think there's a difference between conspiracy theory and conspiracy fact. Like, some conspiracies are real. Okay, hold like, on. I think there's a difference between conspiracy theories and questioning the supposed truth. Yes, exactly. But then yeah. there's like, but then it's like the people that are like, you should question everything. And I'm that's how you get everything. to like, that's how you should, that's how you get Alex Jones saying that people, um, the children that were murdered at Sandy Hook weren't real. Yes. Right? This is very, very time. fucking slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. Well, on to, um, you know, basically just a flip side from watching things that were terrible, Diana the Musical. Um, I watched a really good movie this week, last night, in fact, starring my husband. Everyone on this, yeah, everyone in this podcast is aware that my husband is Jake Gyllenhaal, he just doesn't know it. It's called. That's a parasocial relationship. What does parasocial mean? It's like where you've got a relationship with somebody online, but they're not aware that you exist. It's like the relationship that you have with like vloggers or people on YouTube or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, we were in a... It's like, it's like in, a, in a very weird way, it's like the people that listen to this podcast would have like a parasocial relationship with us because we don't know them, but they listen to us every week, right? True, I guess so. Weird. And, and I, you know, welcome to your parasocial relationship. It's Enjoy not it. a parasocial relationship. It's real. <laughs> he just doesn't know. <laughs> He's gay for me and he doesn't know, okay? Nice. Anyway, so it's called The Guilty and it's really good. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal plays this 911 operator. Right. And he gets a call from a woman that's been abducted. Okay. And it's so good. Like, the whole movie, right? Oh, my God. That's... that's I wanted to watch that. Where yeah. is that? Netflix. Oh, amazing. I'm definitely going to watch really that good. tonight. Uh, it's only an hour and a half. Nice and short. Is um, it actually good? Or are it you biased? Is, no, it is. Well, I'm biased because the whole film, he's, like, it's pretty much just him. Right. So there's a lot of close-ups of his beautiful face. Right. Close-ups of his manly hands. Um... Yeah, maybe I watched it through a different lens. But, yeah, um, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming the story is, is no, good. No, the story well. is good. It's basically, like I say, it's about this uh, 911 operator who gets a call from an abducted woman. And it's, and okay, he nice. and then, like, stuff unravels about who he is, like, and right. things that he's done. And then stuff unravels about, like, the the woman that's been abducted and, like, the, hu- Isn't and the husband. Isn't that really weird, though, because of the dream that I had last night that I texted you about that's kind of 
Is it kind of similar to this? No, but it oh. was a wild dream. Uh, it was a wild dream. I mean, Should I say what the dream was if really you, quickly? If you say it quickly, yeah. <laughs> and I, honest, I honestly think that this could be a really good... It did good, sound like, like a movie. I did it text, could be a thriller movie. I literally texted you back. I was like, oh my God, that's... Not, uh, it was like six in the morning and I texted like, oh my it God, was. that sounds like a movie. Because I had to like write I had to like write it down or like say it into no, a voice you, note. Otherwise you sent it to a voice it. note. You were like, oh, just had a chemistry. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I thought you were the, the, what's he called? The, the, the old one from, I say the old one from the Rolling Stones. Keith. Oh, good Lord. Anyways, in the dream, this guy goes into this house and I was just like watching this from the outside. The guy goes into this house and the woman inside the house is like in an abusive relationship. She doesn't say anything, but like he picks up on like these, all of these signs that are going on. So Mm. he hatches this plot of like how to get her out of the house. I need to go back and listen to the voice note because I've totally forgotten what else happened. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It was at 6am, but there was lots of twists and turns and it, 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 it was like a movie. Yeah, it was. And it scared me when I woke up. It was really graphic. It was like really violent. And don't, I remember just being chased. Don't you hate that feeling when you wake up from a dream and you're petrified that you're going to fall back asleep and go back into the dream? But oh, you're, yeah. But you're that. like half awake. Yeah. I anyway, back to the guilty real mm-hmm. quick. So basically it's mainly just Jason and Hall on the screen. Mm-hmm. Stunning. But they're the voice actors. So basically I was watching a documentary and he was saying that all of the voice recordings, so basically all the telephone calls were done like live, if you know what I mean. Right. So the act so they were acting together. Because normally they do it where they just pretend that they're and someone reads the lines off 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 camera, don't they? Yeah. But um no, they actually did this. And some of the people, the other people in that, I didn't realise till afterwards when I did the credits, I was like, wait, who the fuck was that? Riley Keough. Oh, I like her. Ethan Hawke. Okay. Paul Dano. Right. And Peter Sarsgaard. Um, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm just Googling it. Yeah, I'm about to say it, so wait. <laughs> oh my God, seriously. You'd be terribly in the Olympic, terrible in the Olympics, constantly jumping the gun. Um... <laughs> Bill Burr, there you go. My, my fave, my Your boy. Fave. Speak, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to go down the whole segue, but F is for Family is an amazing oh, yeah, show. A- anything that Bill Burr puts his hand to is gold, yeah. in my opinion. But I highly recommend The Guilty. There's there's a good couple of twists in there that you're like, oh, my nice. God. I'm gonna it, wa- I'm gonna watch it, it. It was like I was laying in bed and I was watch- I was watching like <laughs> the first half of it and I was just like, yeah, this is good. Like the, as it was getting going, I was like, yeah, this is good. This is okay. Jake right. Gyllenhaal's character's a bit of a dick, but I was like, fine. But then as it got on, I kind of noticed that I had, ri- like, for want of a better phrase, like, risen up in my bed. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Okay, just because it was Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't mean I was doing anything untoward. Um, I was getting a bit concerned about where that story was going. <laughs> no, but you know when you, like, it's basically, it's I guess it's the laying in bed equivalent of being on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I started to... S- up, he like, hath risen. He hath risen. You know, <laughs> he filled me with you know. Good lord. Um, <laughs> thrill. Anyway. Oh, um, good lord. Highly recommend that movie. Um, nice. So everybody watch it. Um, I'm hearing a lot about Squid Game as well recently. I've, well, this week after I, you mentioned it, everyone started to mention well, it. Well, I'm ahead of the curve, darling, aren't I? Um, but I also saw. I wanted to mention this. I saw again on TikTok. Um, a Korean woman yeah. was talking about how bad the translation is. You're like she. Hold on. You're like the twelfth person that said that to me. Oh really? But and I'm like the way the way that her TikTok is is like well it ruins the entire show. 
it doesn't. But it's like I get, but but it, but it's you know, it's like you're missing out on like these little nuances. Yeah, the nuances, that, yeah. and 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 sometimes it's the nuances that make or break the character. Well, I guess so. But the character she's talking about was an absolute knob anyway. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but like things like that, you know, like. I highly recommend Squid Game as well, but don't let that woman's TikTok. I mean, I'm all for, you know, speaking about the nuances and discovering the nuances and looking mm. at it in a different light. But I've spoke to a couple of people about it that have seen that TikTok and they're like, you know, I'm really powerful. I'm not going to watch it now. And I'm like, no, don't not watch it because it's still a really great yeah, entertaining no. show. Yeah, absolutely watch it. It's just obviously like Netflix should be doing better in terms of translating. Oh, absolutely. And it did make me think because I, I watched quite a few K-dramas, mm. my favourite one being Crash Landing on You, my second favourite being Ito on Class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been thinking now, like, how much of that show have I missed through shitty translation? Exactly. I also, yeah. And when I was, when I was um, trying to learn Korean, mm-hmm. remember like last year when I was trying to learn Hold Korean? Hold on, let me see if I can remember. Annyeonghaseyo. Annyeonghaseyo, yeah. Annyeonghaseyo. Well done. Thank you. But when I was trying to learn how to speak Korean, because I was watching a lot of K-dramas, I thought it'd be interesting to learn another language. I started to pick up on certain words. Yeah. And then I was noticing that they weren't even in the translated... Like, the translation wasn't But then I think that's the the thing. I I remember I went to uni with two Norwegian girls, and I would ask them, how do you say this in Norwegian? And they're like, we don't have a word for that. Right, right, right. We don't have a... So, I guess it's kind of like the opposite as well. How How... I guess you can't with some languages you can't translate them perfect perfectly word for word whereas I think things like French and Spanish more ones like that you can translate more word for word but yeah maybe Koreans like that I'm not sure I don't speak Korean who knows yeah I think that we would yeah yeah gabbing on (laughs) as per usual as per usual we're we're talking about linguistics TV everything everything. I wanted to just give just before we move on i just want to say i'm sorry because we are currently recording whilst instagram twitter and facebook are down Mm. but i did receive some dms from a lovely follower of the podcast who shouted us out in their instagram story saying we were their favorite one of their favorite podcasts for national podcast day and we were having a chat about how they really enjoyed i can't remember your username but i'll give you a shout out oh i saw that yeah we were put on um put on like a shout out on the story yeah 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 yeah, Thank um, you very much. Thank you. And yeah, we were talking about how they really enjoyed the Selena episode. I mean, they grew up in Mexico. Not a lot of people knew about Selena. It was a very, very lovely chat to nice. reach out. And and I'm sorry, I can't remember your username, but I will remember it next week. Once Disgusting I can get on Instagram. Behavior. Once I can Disgusting. get back on Instagram. Shameful. Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> okay, so um, what we, as Emily mentioned last week, going forward, before we start into the main body of the episode we're going to highlight a missing persons case mm-hmm. um this week i'm going to highlight a case of a woman a transgender woman named sequoia cooper mm-hmm. who has been missing um in columbus ohio she's been missing since the 31st of august this year she's black and has black braided hair in the lemonade style so it's braids to the side um, and she was last seen on the north side of Columbus, Ohio, wearing lemonade braids to one side, a black and white summer dress and black and white baby fat sandals. Uh, she was driving a black 2009 Ford Fusion to a corner store at 11.30pm on the 31st of August. Um, if you have any information, you can contact her family on 614-953-3696 
or you can contact the Columbia, the Columbus Police Department's Missing Persons Unit. Um, I will be posting the information on our Instagram story. So if you know anything, please do get in touch and try and help yeah. find Sequoia. So we've got so many American listeners. We well, do. So. That's why we, you know, the majority of our listeners are America, which is yeah. American, which is why I... All the all the analytics are always in America. So yeah. that's, yeah. So if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area and you know anything or have seen yeah. anything, please get in touch. Exactly. Okay, so this week's story, I said last week on the pod that I was going to do Jodie Arias. Mm-hmm. You did. But I've had a week. Um, <laughs> I've had a week, shall we yeah. say. And I've been, I was doing my research and I was reading and I was reading and I was literally like, this is so deep. I was like, do you know what? I need to just like take a break and watch something on it as Mm -hmm. opposed to reading. And then I terrified Emily (laughs) because I messaged her and I was like, this is, this Jodie Arias Arias story is so deep. Like, oh my God, it's so convoluted. And she was like, yeah, I was like, I'm currently watching an episode of Snapped. And oh my God, Emily was like, you can't watch Snap. And I was like... (laughs) She was right. Hate, she was right. But, oh, I hate it but I, so much. I wasn't watching it, and I was trying to explain. It's not my sole source of research, but it, it was just getting... It was it was very deep. There was a lot going on, and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do Jodie Arias, and I'm going to dedicate the time to it, because yeah. I feel it really needs it. Yeah, it's, it's such a big it, case, such was, a media circus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then my whole problem with snaps and all that kind of stuff is it's always just so sensational. It's like the Nancy Grace shit, yeah. and I hate the nancy grace shit i mean i'm not gonna lie i enjoy it as in terms of entertainment i know but oh i hate i absolutely i just can't i cannot they it's just like it's like and then the woman did blah 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 it's like oh christ i mean you're right i mean i i I kind of enjoy that but like it's awful and then at least it didn't you know and they have the bad um you know recreations i'm sorry it's also the wording of it as well it's like snapped it's like it's it's like it's the whole way that they talk about women you know like women have this snap yeah like all it's like there's loads of push to the end of their tether like no jodie arias was a was a fucking vile human being she wouldn't yeah. push to the end of a tether they have loads there's she loads of things like loads of like women who kill and it's mm. like do you know what like yeah I mean we are called dial femme for murder so that's true but yeah. we don't do it in a sensationalised way no and we, and we are trying to be we are trying to be better we, we were having a conversation about this because and it was it was me being you know it was Emily Emily freaking out that I was watching I was a, snapped as well. I was having was. a moral crisis because I always have this thing about true crime it's like like, I find true crime stories incredibly interesting from, mm-hmm. for, like, a mul- multitude of different reasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what drives people to commit crimes? What's the effect of the crime? What Absolutely. effect does that have on the people that are victims of uh-huh, crime? Uh-huh. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I also have this thing of, like, it can be very, very exploitative. Well, and it, I think... It, it, some podcast, some true crime things, podcasts, mm-hmm. things like, are very... And her legs were cut off. And yeah, her exactly, arms... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's very, like... And they focus, we, we we basically want to focus not just on the, the person who murdered someone or committed the crime, mm. but the people that it affected. Yeah, so we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to like go going forward, mm-hmm. try and make that a bit more of the focus. Yeah. Because it's like the ethical, etheticalness of it as well. And I always think like, how would I feel if it was somebody mm. that I knew that was affected by this? How would I feel about other people talking about it? Yeah. And I feel like I would be all right with people talking about it. 
If it wasn't way, sensational. If it wasn't sensationalised yeah. and it's not like, you know, I don't feel like we sit around laughing about... about no, no. That's why we have the bit at the, bit at the beginning where we can do our, you know, the banter yeah. is at the beginning. I mean, And we get into like a serious crime talk. I think it's perfect. Like, we crack the odd, you know, joke yeah. here and there, but we never do it at someone's expense. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is, which some people, some podcasts do, not mentioning exactly. any names. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. We are also, we were talking about patreon as well and oh, yeah. um we, we kind of were thinking like patreon's such a weird thing and i we were thinking of going more along the lines of setting up a ko-fi page so it becomes like a donation thing so if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it then you can just like buy us a co- buy us a coffee mm, basically that's mm. what the whole thing is for so you like you literally just pick your amount and then you can put it through and it's yeah. a bit more kind of accessible to everybody so you yeah. don't have to donate you don't have to do anything but like if you do donate on there we might we might consider doing some like bonus stuff yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. but we didn't want to put ourselves in a thing where like we have to do something we have to do like extra and extra and then like we don't want the quality of our work to suffer exactly and it's like putting you know i'm not gonna lie it's a lot of pressure on us a lot of pressure it's a lot of like doing a lot of things going on i've got a puppy i'm learning (laughs) to drive exactly and like the 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 podcast research can take like anywhere up to like fucking eight hours oh my god yeah it can take so long it gets it gets a lot i mean do you know it sounds like i'm like bigging us up or i'm not gonna lie but It takes a really long time to, you know, uh, retype out Wikipedia. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm just sorry. I'm just lighting a candle, guys. This is just letting people know. Just you know, keeping it real. A bit of ASMR. Nice. Um, I'm currently because it's winter now. Well, autumn now. I'm currently lighting my Tom Ford Oudewood candle. Oh, I love Tom Ford. Bougie. I love that. So anyway, anyway, we're doing Ko-Fi. It's a bit more accessible for everybody. If you wanted to give us fifty p, if you wanted to give us nothing, that's absolutely fine. There is no obligation. No. So that's what we're doing, and you're not missing out if you don't give us anything. Exactly, you know? exactly. You're not. You know, there's not this. But thing if you that do, you can't access. if you do, you know, you will be funding our love of this podcast and my obsession for bougie candles. Well, you'd be funding my obsession with coffee because I just bought an Aeropress and mm-hmm. I'm like a coffee connoisseur. Okay, we probably should really get into the bones of this episode because we've we been really chatting should. shit. We'll put links. We'll put the link to the Kothai in our Instagram, and yep. I think we can do it in our. Um, spotify bio and yeah. podcast bio but yeah cool okay so the story i am doing this week is a story that i've known about for quite some time um i think i've known about it growing up my, like my mum used to talk about mm. it. she remembers it being on the tv and stuff mm-hmm. so this is the story of the cleveland elementary school shooting mm-hmm. okay so i'm just going to give a little shout out to miss sources mm-hmm. where i got my information from so one was an article from the san diego union tribune mm-hmm. uh entitled sorry some of these newspaper like articles have long titles so this one is 40 years ago brenda spencer took lives changed lives in a mass shooting at a san diego elementary school mm-hmm. snappy um the, very pithy title <laughs> very pithy, yeah. uh and then i also got another one from the los angeles times which is called the victims of san diego school shooting are forced to cope again 10 years later mm-hmm. and i also watched the documentary by john dower called i don't like mondays nice it wasn't really the sound the, just there were some choices made in that documentary but it was informative right okay so anyway here we go so on the morning of monday the 29th of january in 1979 in san diego california a 16 year old girl began shooting at children waiting waiting 
for the gates of Cleveland Elementary School to open. Jesus. She injured eight children, one policeman, and killed two adults. So let me start with a bit of history of the shooter. Okay. Uh, it was a 16-year-old girl named Brenda Spencer. Mm-hmm. Now, Brenda was born in April 1962, making her an Aries, if you right. consider to care. Uh, she lived in the San Carlos neighbourhood opposite, opposite the Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Right, and she, she was super local. Super local, literally across the street. Right. So Brenda is described as having had a tumultuous upbringing. Um, right. As is often the case. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents were separated and she lived with her father, Wallace Spencer. Okay. And apparently he was an alcoholic. Right. Apparently. According to sources, he was an alcoholic. And apparently their house was often alcohol bottles, like, strewn all over the place. Right, um, right. And apparently they, it's, it's said that they were very poor. And that Brenda and her dad shared one single mattress on the living room floor. Oh, Jesus. Just FYI, Brenda's 16. Right. And sharing a single bed with her dad. Jesus. No. Um, so, Brenda's father, Wallace, he often showed disdain, should we say, towards the police. Okay. I mean, same. Um, he had also spoken about wanting to shoot an officer and potentially wanting to do something big to get on television. Oh, the pursuit of, the pursuit of fame, eh? Exactly. Now... Brenda herself had a bit of a tough time at school. Um, she would regularly, you know, skive, skip, play truant. Uh, what's right. it called in America? Hooky, play hooky. Right, yeah. Um, and she was eventually referred to a facility for problem students because okay. she kept, you know, skipping school. Mm-hmm. And while she was at this facility, the staff informed Brenda's parents that they thought she was suicidal. Right. Now, in the documentary I watched... There is an interview with her mum. Okay. And so she didn't live with her mum. She lived with her... Brenda lived, Brenda lived with her dad. Yeah. And the interviewer asked her, he said to her, so what did you... Did you speak to Brenda or anything about them telling you that she was suicidal? And she goes, no, I thought her dad would have. She's living on a single mattress mm-hmm. in her dad's house mm-hmm. with her dad. Mm-hmm. Is that not raising any red flags for people? Oh my god, red flags everywhere. But... Is that not like a bit, a bit like for the people that are supposed to be looking after her? Or something, no, but this is the, like... this is the thing in this documentary. The, the, her mum was like, "Oh, I knew, I knew that that was there. I knew that that was the case." Right. I, so, I don't know. <clears throat> I think. But then I guess I guess in those sort of, sort of situations, people can pretend or like, even though you know, like, oh, it, it shouldn't really be this way. People kind of like they for want of a better phrase like get on with it yeah you, you know like create like a like I mean, a front to the world but then on the other hand as well neither of us have lived in extreme poverty so we don't know what it's like maybe they had maybe there was no other option maybe that was the only thing yeah. they, they could do that's true it was um, like normal yeah, normal yeah yeah um but i don't know it just it just and it raised a few flags for me that the mum was like mm-hmm. oh i just thought the dad would deal with it it's like well right. You know, if someone told me my child was suicidal, you'd do something about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then you also have to think, like, it's the 1970s. That's true. 
And it's like the conversation around mental health is so stigmatized. Yeah. It's like get, like that's the whole thing. Like like the whole idea of like generalized anxiety disorder. Like yeah, mm. anxiety existed in the nineteen seventies, obviously. Yeah. But it's like the conversation around it was so yeah. like yeah. not yeah. nowhere near what we've got now. So if your no, kid it... comes to you and says like, "Oh, I'm feel suicidal," in like a nineteen seventies mindset, it wouldn't have been abnormal for someone no. to go. We'll suck it up and get on with it. Don't yeah, you think true. that we all feel like this? True, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's that kind of mentality, yeah. innit? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, I know people that have that mentality because they grew up in that era, you know? Yeah. So it's just like out of sight, out of mind, you know, I can yeah. power on through. This is just, you know, a blip on the radar. And it's like, no, it's actually it never is. serious. No. Never um, Another thing in the documentary as well, the mum said she was asked... Um, why she didn't raise any like basically let anyone know that she thought her daughter was in danger of killing herself or 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 it was weird that she slept with her father in a mattress right and she said she just didn't have money to to pay for for lawyers or anything do you know what i mean she she's, she's like inaccessible exactly and along with that kind of mentality of you know, it's just normal. You just don't know, do you? Well, that's the thing with America as well, is, is lack of healthcare. Oh, my God, yeah. 100%. Lack of healthcare and 1970s lack of mental health care, stigma around the extreme poverty. Absolutely. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's like when you look back and you look through it with that lens, it's not very surprising. No, true. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? When you when we look at these stories that happened quite a long time ago, we're like, yeah. that's crazy. Why would no one flag this? And it's like, yeah, exactly. we're in 2021. We're... Yeah. <laughs> Times Woke. have changed just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in December of 1978, when Brenda was, I think she was just about 15, mm-hmm. uh, she underwent a psychic evaluation, and it was recommended... Psychic? Psychiatric. <laughs> sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> Psychiatric. Sorry. A psychiatric evaluation, and it was recommended that she be admitted to a mental hospital. Oh, really? For depression. Right. Right. So basically, uh, a social worker was like, "Right, she needs this evaluation." Mm-hmm. So the so-called social worker was doing a fucking her job, basically saying, "Yeah, I can tell that this child is distressed and in need. Right. Let's evaluate her." And then, obviously, they suggested that she be admitted, mm-hmm. but her father refused to give permission. Was there? A re- did they give a reason? There was no reason. Could that have been a financial thing? It could that... have been, but then I don't know. Is, I don't know if that's is that free. the same? Is it free for children? I don't know, um, I don't see, think I don't really so. Know. I don't really know. But then also that kind of, I don't know, I'll, I mean, I'll get into some stuff later mm-hmm. about her father. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. So for Christmas that year, so a few weeks after she she went under this psychic evaluation and it was recommended that she be sectioned, basically. Right. Um, her father, Wallace, gave her a semi-automatic rifle with a telescopic lens and 500 rounds of ammo for Christmas. That's a great choice of a gift to mm-hmm. give to somebody who um, has been psychiatrically evaluated and told that they should be in a mental health facility. Absolutely. And someone that you've been told is suicidal. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. I mean, that's... It's almost as if that's a message what do you mean by that like like ugh, this might be verging on like conspiracy mm-hmm. or something but like he potentially is giving it, it to her to be like well go on then well you never know well we don't know the we don't know the 
the de- the depths of their relationship. We don't know the the intricacies of it. I've got a little bit about their relationship later on, but right. you don't know if he was doing it to go to her, like you say, or if he was yeah. doing it in a way to say, you know, suck it up, get on with it. You've got this. What can hurt you? You just don't know. Or or it is America and giving kids guns isn't actually that controversial. That's or, true. especially or, in the seventies. Again, true. Yeah. But it just seems like a strange choice of gift to give to somebody that says they want to kill themselves. Absolutely. Um, Mm. Well, apparently when, when in this interview, because in this documentary, the dad hadn't spoken to anyone for like 26 years or whatever, but he spoke in this documentary. Right. And the interviewer says, did she ask for a gun? And he was like, no. And that's it. Didn't give a reason, so I gave it to her. Didn't give it. But apparently she asked for a radio. Oh, good. And then she just gets a gun gets instead. A gun. Great, great yeah, parenting. It's terrible. So if you think about it, she's had this pretty bad start in life, really. Her parents Absolutely. broke up. And um, I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people go, oh, she came from a broken home and her parents broke up. My parents got divorced, mm. right? But mm-hmm. I don't remember it because I was very young. Mm-hmm. I was like one. So mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you... You know, people go, oh, has it affected you? I'm like, no, I was one. I don't know any yeah, different. Yeah, same with you know? me. Exactly. We don't know any different. Like, mm. but you don't know the... And I, when, whenever people talk about it, I'm like, well, it, I, I don't connect with that. Yeah. You know, oh, my parents split up. It's so devastating to me. I don't really connect with that in a way. Yeah. I understand it, but I, I don't feel that connection. So that may have devastated her for one. Well, I think... My, and. Y- you know like you said not much is known between the relationship between her and her father but there's mm. a lot of red flags there that would oh, yeah. that would say to me that that relationship was abusive mm-hmm. like you don't like your 16 year old daughter sleeping on your single bed in a room he, well now I'm not saying I'm not saying that anything like that happened. No, no, I'm just no, no, I'm no. just saying like that in that in itself is negligent at the very least negligent parenting. Yeah, I mean, well, he says that they didn't share a bed; they shared a room, so it's right. disputed by him. But I'll get right, into okay. I'll get into more of that later. Again, that's again that's like a socioeconomic thing, though, as well, isn't it? It's like is yeah. is that just because of of like poverty? Basically? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Um. That's true, actually. In a lot, in a lot of places, yeah. families have have to share rooms because you can't literally can't afford to have a separate room for another person. No, I know. Growing up, I had to. Sh- I shared a bedroom with my brother until I was well, like 15, 14. Luckily, I'm my only child. <laughs> you are an only child, um, but yeah, I have a brother and a sister. So it wasn't until my sister was old enough to move out or mm. moved out when I think she was eighteen that right. me and my brother were able to get separate bedrooms. Right. So, you know, let's think that. Anyway, so back to the morning of the shooting. So mm-hmm. at around 8.30am on Monday the 29th of January, the students of Cleveland Elementary School just began to arrive for their day as normal. Mm-hmm. And whilst lining up at the gates, waiting for the principal to open the gates, uh, Brenda began shooting from the window of her house across the street. Oh, Jesus. So she wasn't even there. She was just... No, she was just in her house across the street. Christ. Brenda shot dead two teachers, well, one teacher and one the head of the custodial staff, head custodian, seriously injured eight children and wounded a policeman. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the first person she killed was the school principal, Burton Rag. Right. Now, Burton, it said that Burton was in his office when he heard gunshots and rushed outside where he was shot and killed. Jesus. Now... Burton was in the office with another teacher called Daryl Barnes. Okay. And um, 
Daryl Barnes said that he remembers following. They basically heard like loud popping noises. Right. So they both ran outside and Daryl just says he remembers following Burton. And when he arrived, Burton had already been killed. Burton's widow, uh, Kathy, is, she, she was quoted as saying, I remember he was wearing a new shirt. I was cleaning and had the Phil Donahue show on in the background. A news flash came across the screen. I can still see it. Sniper attack at Cleveland Elementary School. It didn't fully register. I thought, oh no, gosh, that's Bert's school. Bert will take care of it. How, how like, scary how is that? How scary and sad is that, though? To like remember that you you thought, oh, it's but oh no, that's that's my husband's got. Oh, it's fine. He'll he'll sort it. It's so it's horrible, isn't it? The I thought. honestly, I can't even imagine mm. how terrifying mm. the the and the thing about school shootings. It's such a like. It's like epidemic. But the th- the thing is, back in the nineteen back in nineteen seventy nine, a lot of people say that that this was the first school shooting, but it wasn't. Right. There had been a, there had been a couple before, but mm-hmm. both those school shootings only ha- only had like one or two people shot or injured. Right. Killed or injured, and they were done by adult men. Yeah. Now the reason this one obviously was such a big media storm and a lot of people knew about it was because there were more victims mm-hmm. in terms of being injured and the fact that it was a 16 year old girl yeah it you know it, you know it's it blew people's minds really i don't think that i've heard of another school shooter that is female i don't think i have either you know no i mean there may be but i i, I don't know it's, it's it's mad it's such a i mean it's the easy access to guns obviously yeah i mean countries like england and australia this isn't an epidemic here because we have gun laws not yet well you know the so do you remember there was one really infamous like horrifying school shooting um that was i think it's still the deadliest shooting in UK history. Really? Which was at Dunblane in Dunblane in Scotland. Oh yeah, I've heard of that one, yeah. Horrifying. But it was because of that that they actually um outlawed the ownership of, of guns in the UK. Yeah. Before I, I, before I, Dunblane you could own like your own kind of like just like a handgun. It was in nineteen ninety six that yeah. um sixteen pupils and one teacher. That are yeah. utterly horrifying. Horrific. Um yeah, yeah, I think something similar happened in Australia. Um, I remember seeing something, obviously, apologies if I'm wrong, but I remember seeing something like there was a shooting and then after that shooting they were like, no, this can't happen. Yeah. Whereas America seemed to be like, you know. It's just, you know. Oh, okay, here's another it. one. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, when wasn't it? Like in 2019. They so often. In 2019, weren't there like four or something, four massive, like crazy. There's like, more than that. Because you There's had... more than that that happen in a, a year. Like people, you literally just don't hear about them no, unless they're big. They're the norm, yeah. Yeah. It's like with, not they're not school shootings, but they're mass shootings. Like you had Pulse, which was the deadliest shooting. And then only a few months later, you had the Las Vegas the anniversary of that was recently Shooting, Stephen yeah. Paddock. Yeah, that that one gives me the creep. Me too, because you know how you know what it's like. I'm not, I'm not trying to make this about me, but when mm. you connect with something like yeah. the Pulse shooting, yeah, if I lived in Orlando, I may have been there. Yeah, it's a gay bar. I like yeah. Latin music. Yeah, the Vegas one. If I was on holiday in Vegas, I would have probably. Oh, been, I would have been gone to a country music festival. I would have gone to a country music festival. I fucking love modern country music, and that's the thing. It's just so horrific, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so the Las Vegas one really gets to me. Yeah, it's, like it's just, horrid. Oh, it's oh horrid. terrifying. 
So carry on. Okay, so um, sorry. Okay, Burton's Burton's daughter. Okay, okay. Jesus. So Burton's daughter said that she remembers sitting in front of the television that day and seeing it all over the news again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that her father had died. He'd been shot. Right. She also says that in this in the documentary, she said that she would catch herself anticipating her dad coming home so she could tell him what had happened. Right. How sad is that? Like. Horrific. So, after the death of Wallace, Kathy visited the children who'd been hospitalised and took them cards and candy for Valentine's Day. Right. It's also said that she visited the school regularly to, you know, just reassure the children that everything was going to be okay. And you know, because mm-hmm. obviously those children would traumatise. Like, absolutely. That's that's the thing as well. <laughs> if if you survive a school shooting, absolutely, that's like that's with you forever. Yeah. Definitely. Forever and ever and ever. Even if, even if you know, physical scars and mental scars, you're you're, you're never going to forget that, are you? No, never. Oh. So, it's as well. Kathy has, which I find this so like, I don't know whether I find it touching or devastating. Right. Um, Kathy has kept the house the exact same way it was the morning that Bert, Bert oh, left for work. God, that's really sad, isn't it? Though. I mean, I I do understand that from like a grieving yeah. point of view, but my no. God, that's that is really really sad. Absolutely, because he he never came back. No. So. I mean, just to... I can't even imagine like how that would affect you. Just like your you're literally just saying goodbye to your loved one. Mm, you know, it's a mm, normal day. Yeah. They're just going to school, right? Like at the place that they're supposed to be safe. Yeah. It's their workplace. Yeah. It's and then crazy. that happens. But I do, I do understand. I mean, when my nan passed away, um, when I was younger, mm. for, for several years, we just didn't touch like her bedroom. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Just, you just That's don't want to. So I completely understand. Yeah. Um, so My dad burnt all of my grand's possessions. That's dark. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, it's funny, but dark. So, um... Are you not going to react to it? I mean, I mean, what the fuck? Why? I just wanted to get rid of him. I mean, I guess... Couldn't it be de- bothered. I mean, like, he let people go through it and stuff, but then he, like, just took it... Literally just, like, took a bunch of stuff to the dump and then set fire to a bunch of other stuff in the back garden. Don't ask me. I don't I know. I mean, I guess it depends on the relationship that you have with someone. I don't know them, you know. I think that's a semi-alright relationship, but, yeah, don't know. Some people, are, some people just aren't sentimental. No. You some know? people, yeah. They just do that. Yeah. So... Kathy is stated as saying, well, this is what I was going to say as well. Another thing that uh, she said that a few weeks before uh, Bert was murdered, um, they were. she says she remembers sitting in the kitchen with him. It was like a regular Saturday morning, just right. sitting there doing what they do. And she remembers saying to him, if I were to die tomorrow, I'd be happy. And he said, me too. Like a few weeks before, that's just crazy, and that's really sad. And I guess, in, mm. I guess, in like some ways, like her kind of like maintaining the house yeah. is like a part of like. Well, she 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 said that she's never found anyone to love the way that she loved Burton. Oh gosh, so, very that's sad. This, the, see, this is the thing. This is what you know. What Emily was talking about earlier, what we want to do on this podcast is we don't just want to focus on this person was terrible when they murdered all these people. Mm. What about the people that were left behind? What about yeah. the person that was murdered? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you know. exactly. Now, the second person that Brenda killed was the head custodian called Mike Sakar. Well, so is the custodian like the janitor? Yeah, like the head right. janitor, yeah. yeah. So I actually found it really difficult to find any information on Mike. 
like right. really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I could really find was that he was shot and killed when whilst he was trying to pull Burton Rag to safety. Oh, yeah. So I do have a quote from one of the students called Christy Buell. She was injured during the shooting and she said the following. This is about the men. The loss of two men who put their lives in danger to save children. That's the hardest part for me. The part that no one will ever undo. Mm. It's horrible. Yeah, because that's the thing as well. Like they weren't, they weren't like even in that vicinity to begin with. They came there to see what was going on and protect the kids that were there. It's, it's kind it's kind of, I mean, I'm going to link it. I know it's completely different things, but like, you know, the firefighters of 9-11, right? Yeah. It's like putting yourself, putting yourself in, while everyone's running away, you're the one running running towards. So one of the children Brenda shot and injured was nine year old Charles Miller. Right. Uh, Charles believes that he was targeted due to the down coat that he was wearing. Right. And he says that other children that were shot at were wearing down coats why down coats? Well, Brenda is later quoted as saying she enjoyed seeing the feathers fly. Oh my god. Yeah, fucked up. So Charles recalls that in the morning his mother dropped him off at school, uh, where he saw his principal, Burton Rag, and the head custodian Mike Sakur lying in the parking lot near some bushes. Obviously, a nine-year-old kid isn't what's going on, you know? No. Apparently then he felt a sharp pain and blacked out. And he was taken to the school cafeteria and said that it felt like he was lying in the cafeteria for what felt like forever. It turns out that he'd been shot in the back. Another injured child named Mary Clark, who was nine at the time, was shot and she didn't even realise. Wow. So she said, I remember that fear. You don't know what's going on. We didn't understand why she was shooting at us. Mm. Like, Like, obviously, to this day, people still don't know why she was shooting. Well, that's the thing as well, and it's like, you know, do you, is there ever a reason? No. Like, is it that's they they did the same? They said what? They said the same thing in the case of um, Stephen Paddock, the Las Vegas yeah. um, mass shooter, yeah. that they couldn't they closed the case. They couldn't find a motive. Yeah. Well, like, but it's like even if there is a motive, what, what could what, your what, motive yeah. possibly be? I get. I don't know. I think. I think the thing with motive. Yeah. What could it possibly be? But like, I think everyone wants a motive because the thought of someone just doing it is so hard to even wrap your fucking brain well, the around thing, the, the, it's like it's not even i feel like motive is like the wrong way to frame it it's like what are the factors that lead to somebody yeah. doing that yeah, 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 it's yeah. like you could you could create you know you've already we've already kind of like painted a picture of what her life was mm. like and those are factors that could possibly influence somebody to do something like that yeah. however it's like you know there's I guess it's like motive in a crime. It's like motive in robbery. It's yeah. like okay, well, I I need money for X, therefore I'm going to rob X. Shooting up a school, but then that's is... but then that's the thing. For some some crimes, maybe there is. I'm sure there are some murders for which someone just no. I'm, I'm yeah, just no, do mo- it. no motive. It's it's it's, it's not a motive. It's like a it's like a fact. What led it's like to, factors. What factors? It's led a series to, yeah. of events. It's like mm. a you know it's it's psychological. It's also mm. social social. It's economical. It's yeah. all those types mm. of things that lead up to it's, these kind of yeah things. So after the shooting, uh, Mary Clark, this schoolgirl who didn't know she was shot, said that she suffered nightmares and was helped by her older brother to get over her fear of guns. Uh, so he said he used to take her out to shoot jackrabbits mm-hmm. and she said that she learned that the gun wasn't the danger but the person firing it was. 
that's the thing as well. It's like, oh, I have got such a, um, like a mixed opinion on this because I've been so gun shit in range, yeah. right? And I thoroughly enjoyed the, the like, shooting a gun, but then I'm also like, why do you need to have a gun? Yeah. Like, I, you don't need ro- real bullets. You could do, I could have had the same experience using rubber bullets. Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I, things... I, I'm, I am very anti-gun, personally. But it's like, it's a, it's, it is so ingrained in especially the American psyche from the Constitution. And then it's not just the Constitution. It's like, it's in, you know... I mean, this may be controversial, but literally, the Constitution... It's written by a bunch of old white white men. They need to just... That was probably the worst thing that was ever written because everyone goes, well, it's my constitutional right or my second... Yeah, and it's like, the Constitution was written, like... When when people had gunpowder guns that you could only load one every 10 minutes, not an automatic weapon that can shoot off hundreds of rounds in one go right and that's the thing as well and they kind of talk about the constitution like it's this thing that that is like written in stone and can't be changed it's like dude it was written in like 1770 whenever yeah like i think it was written like the 1780s something like that and like it was like literally the 1780s i know (laughs) Like come maybe, on, maybe maybe times moved on, but like it's ingrained in that because the whole point of it is that the, the whole point of it, and this is the bit that's so ingrained into the American psyche, mm. is that it is uh, the people of America yeah. or the USA must have guns to protect themselves from a tyrannical government, right? It's this whole idea of like the government is going to be the government has just been fucking tyrannical and they all what they do storm the fucking capital well, yeah but you've got but you've got to have your guns to arm against it it's like oh it's God. like literally like when they wrote the constitution they essentially were like given the green light to like right wing militia all you need a gun for is if there's like a bear coming on your property that's going to kill you that's the thing because and like i don't know if any of our listeners know this about me but i would love to live in the desert or in the mountains mm-hmm. and if you do live in like a rural area yeah. especially places in america there are places in america where you are going to need guns and mm. obviously like hunting is a thing as well so it's like that thing of like I, but i just there definitely needs to be a stricter way there definitely does need to be strict of getting ways. guns it like you, you need to be able to prove that you are capable of owning a gun mm-hmm. you need to kind of like people just shouldn't be like stockpiling weapons in their house if you're no. gonna have a gun you're gonna go out shooting deer or something that's fine whatever but you shouldn't you know you shouldn't be allowed to have like what is what's the the weapon that's like really con- controversial? Uh, and it's like what like an AK forty seven? It's not even. It's not called like a AK forty seven. It's called like something else. Basi- AR fifteen or yeah, something like that. Yeah, basically, you don't need a yeah. gun that's going to shoot fifty thousand fucking bullets a minute. To, exactly. To shoot to hunt deer. I'm exactly. sorry, but you don't. We we you can't say we're not political on this podcast. Exactly. Everything's um, political. So. Back to Mary. Um, she said that she stopped following Brenda's parole hearings over 25 years ago when she realised that she'd never have a realistic answer of why Brenda did it. Yeah. I guess she kind of just... would just be draining. Yeah, exactly. So, back to the day. Uh, when the police arrived at the scene, they moved a massive garbage truck, right. which this is... I think this is just very clever thinking, into the line of fire. So, basically, this massive garbage truck was now blocking everyone that... Uh, Brenda was trying to shoot. Right, that's good. So after firing 36 rounds for about 15 minutes, Brenda barricaded herself into her house. Right. 
Um, While she was barricaded, she took a call from the San Diego Union Tribune. Now, when the reporter on the phone for the Tribune said to her, tell me why you did it, she replied, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. Well, there you go. There's your motive. Great motive. That's it. She doesn't like Mondays. She doesn't like Mondays. That's literally the reason she gave. She has never given another reason. I also just want to say, like, how, of course, like, the press are the ones that are ringing her. Yeah, like... And and getting hold of... They're like, oh, my God, get the scoop. This is the thing that blows my mind. There were apparently over 100 policemen there and the SWAT team. So they not did they not have like lines of communication set up with her? Yeah. So there was this one guy in the documentary. I think he was like he used to be like a, a negotiation thing for the policeman. Right. He yeah, was in yeah. the house next door, and apparently he was he said one thing. I was shouting and hollering and trying to rile her up, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Why would you be trying? Like, I'm sorry. Why would you be trying to rile up a somebody that's heavily armed i know it but i think again we need to think this is the 70s well yeah may had a different you know mentality so the famous quote i don't like mondays was turned into a uk number one song by the band the boomtown rats How do you feel about the Boomtown Rats? Um, I only know this song. They've got some actual really good songs, I just want to say that, but okay. I'm not a big fan of Bob Geldof. No, me either. Anyway, so the song didn't perform as well in America, for, mm-hmm. I mean, for obvious reasons, and San Diego mm-hmm. radio stations refused to play the song out right. of respect to the victims and the people affected by the shooting. Um, Brenda's family also tried to prevent the song from being released in the US, but ultimately failed, and it was. Now, frontman of Boomtown Rats and the songwriter Bob, give us your fucking money, Geldof, um, said this about the song. This this is what he said about the song, right? I won't do it in an Irish accent because I'll... I was doing a radio interview in Atlanta and there was a telex machine beside me. I read it as it came out. Not liking Mondays as a reason for doing somebody in is a bit strange. I was thinking about it on the way back to the hotel and I just said silicone chip inside her head had switched to overload. I wrote that down and the journalist interviewing her said, tell me why. It was such a senseless act. It was the perfect senseless act and this was the perfect senseless reason for doing it. So perhaps I wrote the perfect senseless song to illustrate it it wasn't an attempt to exploit tragedy well i personally disagree with lyrics like school's out early and soon we be learning and the lesson today is how to die oh yeah it's a bit yeah that's fucking distasteful that... it is a little bit on the nose isn't it yeah i'm sorry and this is another thing right that gives me the ick right so bob Geldof. oh god but that tune does slap though. That t- i've had it in my head all day Tell like me why. music musically that song absolutely yeah. slaps it's an earworm i've had it but in... it's like the musical version of like too soon bro yeah absolutely way too soon yeah so yeah the song came out like the year like, 1980 i think it was so it was very you know soon yeah. after so Another thing that, like, irks me is that Bob Geldof had apparently originally intended the song to be a B-side, right? But after seeing how well fans reacted to it on the Boomtown Rats US tour, he changed his mind to make it a lead single. Why does that irk you? Because it irks me because, like, 
I don't know if he's like, oh, I wasn't no, trying to I, exploit this chat. I wasn't trying to exploit it's such this. A good it song. is a good song. It is a good song. But if he's sitting there going, I wasn't trying to exploit the tragedy, and then he was like, well, I was going to do a B side, but everybody loved it, so now I'm going to sell it as a single and make loads of money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's what irks me. Bob, give us your fucking money, Gaudo. Bob, give us your fucking money. Um. Yeah, that's I. Yeah. Oh God, but it's such a good song. I was listening to it this it morning. Yeah, I've had it. I've yeah, I've listened to it. A it's lot. a really good song. It is I a really would good song. I would say that um, Rat Trap though is their better song. I can't say I know it. They're actually really good. Was Midyear in the Boomtown Rats? I think he was because he had Dancing with Tears in My Eyes by Ultravox. Oh my no, god! No, he wasn't. Oh okay. He just <laughs> did Live Aid with him. Midyear. Midyear. I always get him confused with Yuri Geller. <laughs> Why? Don't know. For anyone in America know. who doesn't know, Yuri Geller was friends with Michael Jackson, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, Yuri Geller used to bend spoons on uh, morning British <laughs> British morning television. He really did. He really did. But he used to bend them with his mind. He truly did. Anyway, so Bob Geldof has said that he regrets writing the song because he. Is quoted. He's quoted as saying, "I made Brenda Spencer famous." Well, that's yeah. I mean, again. it did. Like I said, I like I said at the start of this, I knew about this story because my mum grew up. My mum remembers it happening, but also my mum, I knew about it because of the song. Because right. my mum would play the song, mm-hmm. and I w- she would be like, "Oh, when I was older, she'd be like, oh, do you know what this song's actually about?" And I'd be like, "Oh my god, no, tell me." And then I found out. Right. So I guess the song, but then on the other side of it, you know, I think to myself, you know, when it rose awareness, but awareness for what? Like it already, you know, I mean, it's already happened, you know? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so after a six hour standoff with the SWAT team, Brenda came out of her house and laid the rifle and boxes of ammunition, ammunition on the ground. Right. She was then arrested. Now, it stated that one of the reasons why Brenda surrendered was that negotiators had promised to take her for Burger King if she cooperated. Jesus. Burger King? Yeah, Burger King. Mm. I love Burger King as much as the next person, but I would have gone for a McDonald's. Oh, I just... It, it, the whole thing, it just points to how senseless it is. It's it, Yeah, it, it truly is. Like, totally senseless. Like... I mean, she's like I say. The thing is, she's like never given another reason, like an actual reason as to why it happened. No. Anyway, so the district attorney believed that Brenda's actions were planned and calculated, as opposed to being just for fun, as Brenda Brenda had impl- had stated. Right. He stated that it was sniper type behaviour, and that Brenda was shooting to kill with accuracy. So it's like almost like it was pre-planned. Yeah, like she didn't like... just wake up one day and go. Oh, I don't like Mondays, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to start killing people. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's so weird, though, because she only just mm-hmm. got the gun. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. So Brenda was charged as an adult due to the severity of the crime, right. and she pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Right. And there was no trial, as she pleaded guilty. Yeah. And because she was under 16, because she was 16, she avoided the death penalty and was sentenced to 25 years to life. Right. In prison. Now, a year after this, I'm just going to go back and talk a bit about um, Brenda's father, Wallace. Okay. Right? So, a year after Brenda was jailed, 
her father remarried. Right. right. And it's said that his new wife was so similar looking to Brenda that people believed that Brenda had been released. Oh my god. One of the de- so creepy. Yeah. One of the detectives on the case even called Brenda's attorney and was like, Why has she been released? And he was like, She hasn't. Right? This is my new wife. It's my new wife who looks exactly like my daughter. Right? So bizarre. Wallace's new wife was a girl named Sheila, right? Yeah. Right. Sheila was Brenda's cellmate in Juvie. What? Yeah. So So he's Yeah. So they're like the same age? They're the same age. So he's married somebody his daughter's age who looks like his daughter. Yeah. And who who shared a cell with his daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when so Sheila was released to go to a halfway house. But apparently she fled and ran to be with Wallace. And then she fell pregnant with Wallace's child. So they got married. And Has like Brenda I said... Has Brenda ever spoken about? No, not about that. No. Uh, she was 17. And in the documentary that I watched, the interviewer asked Wallace, he said, how how did you come about marrying Sheila? And he just, he declined to answer. He was like, oh, I'm not going to talk about that. What an absolute mm-hmm. reprehensible... Yeah. I mean... Awful person. Oh, well, God. Brenda also later stated that she'd been abused by her father when she was a child. Right. You know, physically or physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, well, that that makes... Yeah. Exactly. So, again, again, and this, I don't mean this in any way to sound insensitive or anything like that, but again, like, you're, when people are searching for motive, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about motive. No. It's about things that led up to the thing and there's no there's no excuse no there's absolutely no there's excuse. no you know you can't say like oh well that happened so therefore she should be let off the hook absolutely no. not saying that at all no. but it's about understand it's about understanding what led to it yes basically. Exactly. it's not it's just just understanding it's not going to change the fact that yeah she's guilty or what she did yeah. was any you know reason but it's just about understanding that mm-hmm. obviously wallace denies this so another thing that happened as well, Brenda had, when she was in prison, they discovered mm-hmm. that she had epilepsy. Right. And when they did a scan of her brain, she had damaged her frontal lobe. Now, right. this ap- apparently is a very common thing for murderers. Right, yes, I've heard this. Yeah, it's a very common thread that a lot of people who... who kill or commit really violent or sexual crimes have damage to the frontal lobe of their brain. I mean, there's no fact behind it. It's just a thing that happens a lot, apparently. Right. In 1993, whilst Brenda was in prison, she did an interview with San Diego's News 8 channel in which she said that on the day of the shooting, she'd been drinking, taking pills and smoking weed with PCP. Right. That's going to make you feel a certain way. But her toxicology results didn't show anything. Right, okay. So, so obviously, not... when they arrested her, they did toxicology to see if she was under yeah. the influence, and they didn't come up with anything. Now, she also said that on the morning, whenever she looked out the window, be this due to the drinking pills and weed and PCP, she was hallucinating seeing commando guys when she looked out of the window. Right. Like army men. So Okay. This is what she says. Um, And apparently Brenda's legal team said that after leaving her childhood home, she thrived. 
and has reformed herself in prison and is an excellent chocolate forklift driver, apparently. Okay. Now, see, this is, like, where I ha- we have the conversations about prison reform, don't we? Yeah. And it's like... You... Again, there was, a, there was an interesting quote in the documentary that the daughter of um, Bert- Burton said... Yeah, she may be really well behaved in prison. She may do what she's told. She may go to the toilet on time. She may eat all her dinner, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't make her a good citizen. She's a murderer at the end of the day. But again, it's like this happened, what, however many years ago? It's this thing. It's such a tough thing because we were talking about this recently Mm. with the Sarah Everard case and Wayne Wayne Cousins, whatever his fucking name is. And that is, I said to you, like that is one thing. I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not like a law and order person. No. I don't. I don't necessarily believe in like it punish somebody forever. But that is one person who should never be, never ever be let out. And then you, but then you put that in the th- in. You go in the mind of, you know, somebody that's lost somebody like this, and and you know, mm. why should she get out? But then I also. It's so difficult. It's such a difficult. It is because you you also think about the element that she was a let's it's a, a sixteen year old with yeah, mental with kid. mental illness. She was definitely, and I think, you know? I, and and I absolutely believe that, like in rehab rehabilitation, I do yeah. believe in rehab yeah. rehabilitation. In in certain cases, I think there's mm. certain cases where it's like. No, yeah, yeah, and Sarah Everard one is is one oh, where I think I think, no. I think the... absolutely not. That I... man should never be let out. No. But in in this kind of case, it, oh, it's I don't really know. Difficult because I understand difficult. how the families feel. I they totally do, get it, it. If you think about it as well, take away all of the fact that she may have been mentally unwell. She was a mm. teenager. This, that, the other. She had a bad upbringing. She tried to kill children. Exactly. You know, so it's it's tough, isn't it? But exactly. But I do, but I do believe in in prison being in able reform. to rehabilitate re- rehabilitate people. It's like instead of you know focusing on punishment, being able to I, rehabilitate. Again, somebody. we've had the discussions, but I think it all depends on the circumstances. I think a circumstance like this, where she went out of her way to try and kill children, and the victim and and the victims need to be involved in it as well. Yeah, whereas the victims need to be like at the forefront yeah, of. Yeah. Oh, oh. I don't know. It's tough. It and, is tough. And if you've it's got, really whereas if you've got crimes of people that you know killed in self-defense, but they're in prison for it. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. it's a very, very tangled web. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Brenda apparently said, in she says that she doesn't remember the shooting, but right. she, but she's sure that she did it. She's like, okay. I, she's like, I know I did it, but I don't remember it. But I know I did it. Like, right. do you know what I mean? So. I mean, she basically was denied parole. Um, Twenty six years after it happened, she did a she did a parole she had a parole hearing, right? Uh, and she was denied re- parole because they said she just wasn't stable. Because apparently, around the time, it's claimed that she had a relationship with a fellow inmate, right? And when the relationship kind of turned sour, she tattooed herself with a hot paperclip oh lord and she wrote the words unforgiven and alone in runes on her so you know and apparently like you know they were just like she's not quite ready so at this parole hearing 
the judge read out the statement that Brenda had made as to why she did it. You know, I don't like Mondays. It was something to liven up the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which Brenda tearfully replied, I'm very deeply sorry. I did it. I didn't have the right to do that to those people. And this was the first time that she'd ever shown remorse for what she'd done. And when was that? Uh, like 2006, I believe it was. That's alarming. Yeah. I, d- I, d- it's, uh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. Conflicted. Well, she was denied re- parole and she's still in prison. Right. And that is the story of the Cleveland Elementary School shooting. Very bizarre. Very yes. like... I feel differently about that song now. Yeah, me too. I mean, I never really thought about it like that. I knew that it was based on on re, on like a real thing that had happened, mm. but I never really thought about like fuck, that came out like really soon after. It did. It came out like the year after. No, well, yeah, yeah, the year after. That's like, oh, yeah, that gives me a bit of the ick. Yeah, horrific. but the tune's so good though. It is a very good song, but literally some of the lyrics, I'm just like really like yeah. No. Anyway. No, Bob Geldof. Is it time to take a break? I think it is time to take a break. Do you know what? I'm going to do something a bit controversial and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to veer off from, well, it's not, I I think, I would class this as a take a break story. Right. Personally. Like this belongs in the pages of take a break, but it's actually in The Guardian. The Guardian? How very right. highbrow of you. And it's, it's from The Guardian from October in 2006. And it's I read, by... I read The Guardian, like, all the time. I know you do. I love it. It's, um, it's my favourite news source. <laughs> and um, it's by the writer John Ronson, who is, like, one of my favourite writers ever. Okay. Um, he wrote Menu Stare at Goats, a um, bunch of other stuff. Isn't that the one with Brad Pitt in it? The film, I think, yeah. yeah. I think so. I haven't actually watched the film. I don't know if anyone can realise that I am not a well-read man, as you can <laughs> tell from the... Ain't that the one with Brad Pitt in it? <laughs> I love it. Sorry, carry on. So this is like, this is just an excerpt from this article. It's like my favourite article ever. And it's called Think Outside the Box, Behind the Scenes of Deal or No Deal. <gasps> oh my God. God if, I, please, know. I love anybody, this article so much. Anybody that is um, like interested, in, like after listening to this, go read this full article. Even better if you can get um, John Ronson on one of his audio books. He like narrates it. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. It's hilarious. Everyone so in America. Wait, who doesn't? Is it Howie Mandel? Howie Mandel that hosts. Um... I think so. Take a break. Um, deal or no, take a break. Deal or no, deal. Deal or no, deal. We had the legend, the British television legend, that was Mr. Noel Edmonds. Was? He's not dead. No, he's still alive, but he's not a great TV legend anymore. No, he's uh, he's um he's an interesting character. He is. He used to have a show on a Saturday night called what was it called? <gasps> Noel's House, house Party. Party. And it was in like a in like a manor house in a place called. Yeah crinkly bottom yeah and he had a friend there that was a giant pink and yellow blob called mr blobby, <laughs> mr. blobby. love mr blobby <laughs> and he used to go <laughs> but it was kind of like electronic very weird so this whole article is basically like John Ronson um, delving into the cult behind Deal or No Deal because like back in the like mid 2000s there was like this cult following and mm. like oh my god like just go read the full thing but I just wanted to go through this excerpt right, okay. of it because it's fucking brilliant and it belongs in Take a Break it's yeah, so it funny does, yeah. 
So, um, set the scene for you. John Ronson is visiting Noel Edmonds in his Winnebago. And he says that it is parked deep within the Endemol complex near a dried up river. And inside it's very luxurious, all leather cream seats. Mm. And he's kind of like looking around, he's looking around. And he, he says that he's looking for clues that might reveal dark secrets of Noel Edmonds' personal life. And um, he says that he has been interested in Noel Edmonds' love life ever since he found out that Noel Edmonds had actually asked the cosmos to provide him with a woman. As we all do. So John talks about how Noel Edmonds actually believes that if you order wishes from the cosmos, the cosmos will oblige as long as you follow the correct ordering protocols. Oh, and apparently you need to write down your wish on a piece of paper and it's called cosmic ordering. And you have to be like, Noel Edmonds' entire thing is like you, like the power of positive thought. This is so like you, when I was a Wiccan at school. Totally. And it's like you have to be totally positive. You have got to like be like super, super like high vibration, basically. Like Noel Edmonds is mad. Noel yeah. Edmonds thinks that like... Didn't he say that he like cured cancer, or yeah, cancer is called by Wi-Fi or something? Yeah, like that. he he cured cancer. Like he was on this he was on this morning yeah. this TV show, and he was like, "I've cured cancer with this light box I've got." And yeah. uh, Philip Schofield was like, "Hold on a second, this light box you're saying cured cancer costs two hundred quid, and yeah. you own half the rights to it, so <laughs> you get." So you're trying to pedal people to buy this light box so you can make money saying it oh, cured your cancer. He's brilliant. I'm sorry. I it's absolutely amazing. love Noel Evans. Love. So um, Noel Evans basically explaining um, the way that cosmic ordering works to John Ronson. And Noel Edmonds says, yes, the word cosmos might sound off-putting, but you don't have to call it cosmos. Cosmos is just a word. You can call it anything you like. You could call it Argos or MFI. <laughs> <laughs> and John Ronson writes literally my favourite line in this whole thing. It says, it strikes me that Noel Edmonds is probably the only modern day spiritual guru who would even consider Argos or MIFI as alternative names for the cosmos. <laughs> so, just so our American listeners are aware, MFI is like Home Depot. Yeah. And Argos is like I Target. I no, see, see, we have to explain Argos. Argos is basically like, it's like a warehouse, but it's like, it's like a store that you go yeah. into and you go through these catalogues and you yeah. and you pick from these catalogues of what you want. And then you take it up to the person that's working there and then they go into this massive warehouse and like get your thing for you. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. So I don't know what that is in the thing. Anyway. So, Noel says that he wrote to the Cosmos that he would like to meet a woman who make me laugh and make me happy. I wrote that I'd like a relationship that's not too heavy with an attractive lady and I'd like her to walk into my life by the end of September 2005. And she did! Oh, she did? Yeah. So then John Ronson asks, she wasn't the person who sold her story to the Sunday people back in July, was she? And Noel says yes. What? I'm so confused. <laughs> so, so back in July, um, well, in it was actually August um, right. 2006, Marjan Simmons um, sold her story 
to the Sunday People, and this is a direct quote from the Sunday People article. She said, he was a very tender and lovely kisser. When I woke up with him the following morning, I felt completely at ease, and his first words were, cup of tea, darling. He He was a very giving man in all aspects and satisfied me in every way. Noel had his own special song for us. It was Your Beautiful by James Blunt. <laughs> no, red flag, red flag. But, but once he was back at the top, he didn't need me anymore. I felt he just discarded me. He was a hypocrite who used me to make himself feel more positive about himself. Oh. Right? So then John says to Noel, so that turned out to be not so good. Maybe if you'd written down, I want to meet somebody by the end of September and I don't want her selling her story to the Sunday people. Noel then interrupts and says, no, you can't do that because that is a negative. The Cosmos will only accept positive orders. The word I probably missed out was trustworthy probably probably and that's the excerpt it goes on from there about like the cult of noel edmonds and uh deal or no deal i would highly recommend going to read it but i just thought it cracked me up so much and i was like that is literally a take a break story it truly is i thoroughly enjoyed that and it makes me laugh so much every time i think about it it just cracks me up it's just the fact that he was like so glad i got it on the podcast you probably shouldn't have she's someone who shouldn't have sold the story and he's oh no that's negative you can't say that (laughs) yes it's like it's that's like it's like, oh that just that's so dumb. Oh, like, he's so he is honestly so funny. I'm like I try and think of like a way that I can make like a YouTube video or something about Noel Edmonds and mm, his life because mm. his life is mad and like he's all like into this spirituality thing. Like man's basically a cult leader without the cult. It's new great. age, new age woo woo. Love new age. Isn't woo-woo. Russell Brand apparently in a cult now? No, he's not in a cult. He's just like he's just like a. I don't know. I like Russell Brand. I like Russell Brand. Controversial. Isn't he in, in like a hippie commune? I don't think so. I think he had like his own retreat. Oh, didn't Jared Leto do that as well? Yeah, but Jared Leto's a... I don't know. I'm Googling Russell Brand cult. Do it. There was a picture of him and he had a bun and he was wearing white. The strange cult of Russell Brand. No, there's nothing. He's not. I like Russell Brand. I was really upset when when him and Katy Perry divorced. Although there is something on here. Russell Brand fans say he's officially lost his mind after latest right-wing conspiracy videos. Oh, dear. Oh, one of Russell Brand's recent YouTube videos titled Trump was right about Clinton and Russia collusion. Let's not get into that. No, let's not. Um, I love Hillary Clinton. I know you do. Um, (laughs) But I also hate Donald Trump. I do want to make that clear. Killery. Yeah. Um. uh, What was I going to say? I was going to say, yeah, I was sad when Russell Brand broke up with Katy Perry, but... I'm, God, I remember they used yeah, to go out. But I'm happy that she's now found Orlando Bloom because Orlando Bloom has a wonderful penis. Oh my God, I can't believe... <laughs> Have you not seen the pictures? I can't believe it's about the podcast. Why? Because you literally have got, like, you're going to have the reputation of just being, like, frothing at the mouth. Oh, I don't care. Well, that's true. I mean, it wouldn't be the wrong reputation. Fuck you. you. <laughs> Well, no, guys, I'm not like some, you know, crazed, like, oh, my God, we're in a pandemic. It's been a while. True. Let's just say that. True. Anyway, moving on. Um, well, yeah, that that's this week's episode finished. Episode 26. Can you believe? Oh, my God. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's 26 weeks. That's actually, no, it's actually been 27 weeks because we missed, we missed a week. We missed one week. Uh, 26 weeks of people listening to us chat shit. Oh, you know what we do need to talk about really quickly what? at the end? What? Um, 
what we're going to be doing on the 31st of October. <gasps> Go on then, tell everyone. So on the 31st of October, me and Martin... Okay, hold on. First of all, offended that you called it the 31st of October. It's Halloween. Oh, it's All Hallows' Eve, yes. Also known as, what's it called, Samhain. On All Hallows' Eve, when the moon is round the virgin and we light <laughs> the black flame candle. So we're going to be going to a haunted village mm-hmm. that has, like, haunted graveyards and some haunted, like, rural areas. Yeah. Um, And we are going to do, like, a live stream. We are. Um, we're thinking of doing it on TikTok because mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people that listen to the podcast also like they follow me on TikTok. Oh yeah, well no, because I because I've been no, promoting the podcast I on know. it. So yeah, on Emily, we'll do it on Emily's TikTok. That's weird yeah. reads with Emily Louise. Yeah, on TikTok on the thirty first. I'm not entirely sure what time yet. We're gonna we'll, we'll like organise it. We'll set up an event on there. So if you want to watch me and Martin get the absolute like living daylights scared out of us it's basically going to be Blair Witch but with a gay oh my god I'm gonna die I literally am gonna die as soon as we get out of that car I'm gonna die I'm, I know I'm gonna no, freak out we're getting like but don't I'm gonna do what I did last time I'm gonna make like a spooky playlist for us to listen to on the way there and we'll oh god um, it's basically Scared. just like some woodland that's apparently like the, one of the most haunted villages ever yeah. um, and they've done like do, does anyone know the show Most Haunted which was Love Most Haunted, which is like a ghost hunting show in the UK. Mary Loves Dick. Mary Loves Dick. Mary Loves Dick. (laughs) Mary, God, that terrified me. (laughs) Mary does love dick. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, that's going to be on 31st, so we'll have lots more information around that in the next few episodes. I'm very, I can't wait. We're also going to do like a Halloween vibe episode, which is where we tell like spooky stories as opposed to like murder or crime. that, yeah. So, we'll see you all. Well, we won't see you. Well, for God's sake, why do we always struggle with this? What's, what's that for? What is that? Um, we'll catch you on the flip. What's the way that people say goodbye? If I don't see you. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you, I'll through, see the you through the window. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>